You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. October 18th here at the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bergenoni, and I am joined by a very happy man, Matthew Philly Special Bets. Yes, sir. What a weekend for Philadelphia sports, Kyle. It was glorious. We had a Friday night victory. Perhaps you're familiar with against the Braves. Saturday, you know, sealed the deal. And then Sunday night football, my Eagles just came out and uh, we took control of NFC East. No big deal. Headed into the bye week. We're feeling good, man. Feeling good. Not gonna lie, it's a very good time for you. The Flyers are do- are great too. I think are they two and zero? They're two and zero as of uh, as of today. We'll see. They have a pretty difficult game tonight, but we'll you know we'll we'll take it. They were terrible last year, so I'm just happy if like one of the teams for Philly has a good year. So the fact that uh, two of them right now are crushing makes me a very happy happy man. Huge Padres fan here. Just a big Padres fan. You're uh, a terrible human being. One because they beat the Dodgers, but. I just, it's a it's a sad feeling as a Braves fan. It's a sad feeling because the Phillies are one of those teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs. I don't need to talk baseball anymore. I do need to talk to you about the fact that you, my friend, are on a hot streak. Six out of six weeks cashing and hitting the line. Are you worried about week seven? One of these weeks, I am just going to get absolutely steamrolled. It's that's how this game works. I've been super fortunate, like in cash, to kind of just come out on the right side of, you know, like a two v two or something like that, where it's one player versus another or two players. Um, yeah, it, it was super lucky for me this past week. I really was struggling, and I was like, oh man, this is the week it all comes crashing down. It happens every year. There's one or two of those weeks you just you feel it. And um, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Steph Diggs, for what he did. We talked about him on the show as kind of one of our guys we had to have. He was just unreal in that game. Yeah, he was one of the players I had locked in early from the week, and I felt like that was a good call. Uh, A couple others that I mentioned in my cash lineup review. If you want to get more content, you can find all of that in the DFS Pass. Use promo code DFSPOD to save 10%. I want to give a shout-out to one of our faithful DFS 
past members, Discord members, been someone you maybe heard on the podcast before, Kendall Lowe. Uh, dude, great win this week. He got to share that and share it with us on Twitter and said, if you aren't following Borg and Betts and the DFS Pass, get on board. And yeah, I think for a lot of people, they may be plugged away for a while and it just takes one week in DFS. And it's great because you get to start all over this week with us. So if you want to get all of our content, our picks for DraftKings, FanDuel, roster percentage report, wide receiver, cornerback matchups article, all that stuff, you can get that in the DFS Pass. But let's review cash from this past week. Straight cash, homie. There was very, very small margin for error this week. Very small because the chalk was super condensed. And that's a good teaching point for anybody because we don't we don't project cash roster percentages. It's not something that we think is really easy to do because of the fact that people are playing at different price points. We've talked about this. But we knew going into it that there was going to be plays that were super, super chalky. And, I mean, Josh Allen hit, what, 75, 80% in cash? Yep, uh, Ramondre, in double ups, yeah. Ramondre was the same thing. Like, if you didn't have Ramondre, you were likely buried unless you got lucky somewhere else. But um, talk about this past week in the chalk. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those weeks, right, where, like, it was so clear how to build. It was Josh Allen. It was cheap running backs. And then you kind of pick your wide receivers that you like. Um, Tyler Lockett, you know, everyone played. And then it was like, do you play Diggs and go down to like Rondell Moore, or do you spend up for Mark Andrews and go somewhere else? And, you know, the tricky thing with these slates when it is so clear is that there is a smaller edge in cash because everyone is on the same plays. And, you know, we talked about it the slate's getting a little bit smaller with bye weeks. So the best plays are going to condense. This past week, I think, was an extreme example. We just had unreal amount of running back value especially with the cam Akers stuff that happened that opened up daryl henderson over the weekend so there was three or five three to five guys that you could plug in and i would have had no issues with anyone playing any of those running backs so it was just tricky because like you said the the air margin was so small because those guys were such strong projected plays if one of them failed and you had them you probably lost and that's not the normal for cash it's just this past week there were so many good plays it was almost like there was too many good plays yeah, my 2v2, I came on the other side where I had a lineup with Andrews in it, and I decided instead of, because I wanted to have a three running back build, I basically would have had to sacrifice it elsewhere, so I ended up at the same price point going to Evans instead of Andrews, and that's what cost me. I was, what, two, three points off the cash line. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you're making decisions every single week, and I have people that ask questions in our Discord all the time. Uh you know, give me give me the idea of what the best strategy is. Like, there's an opportunity cost for every single pick. You and I, we paid up for Allen and Diggs. That is a massive amount of our salary that we're saying had to hit. And luckily, you know, there wasn't a lot of quarterbacks that went off on the slate, uh, unless you had Joe Burrow, which people weren't playing in cash. So because of that, we we were saying there's a good opportunity cost with Allen and everything else. But if that didn't hit, let's say Allen finished with 20 points. And Diggs had a, you know, 15 points. Like that would have been a very different week for us because of what we were spending and, you know, how popular they were. But yeah, any other last thoughts about chalk and, and how to handle it? Because I feel like this week it's not going to be the same. No, it's, it certainly shouldn't be. Hopefully not. Cause yeah, that edge last week wasn't as good. Um, but you know, with this past week too, like I think 
if you played Eno Benjamin and he didn't do great for you in cash, that's okay. He was 87, 88%, whatever. Like, you, if you didn't play him, I know it's kind of a result, results of a process sort of thing, but like, if you didn't play him, that's a mistake, I think. He was so cheap, predicted right. so well. Even if you failed, it was a good play. Um, you know, Ken Walker was kind of in the mix for a lot of people, along with Daryl Henderson. That was kind of a sticking point, I feel like, for a lot of people in cash. I had Henderson in my lineup initially going into the slate when it locked, but because it was late, I was able to switch. And the reason I switched is because I played Jags D, actually, instead of Carolina. Who saw Matt Ryan dropping back and finishing as the quarterback two in the slate? If you would have told me Matt Ryan had 50-plus attempts, I would have said, oh, the Jags probably smashed because there's so many opportunities for sacks, turnovers. No, he was incredible, which which is just crazy. Um, so I was behind for them, and then Zach Gentry was a failure too. So I knew at that point, like, Am I going to play Daryl Henderson, who I think is probably a safe bet for 15-ish points? Or do, do I just take the unknown of Ken Walker, who could go for 120 and 2? That's rarely in Daryl Henderson's bag of tricks. So I opted with more upside with Walker, and clearly that worked out in hindsight. But again, just those little small things to think about, little edges that we can get, and how we're constructing our roster and what we're really searching for in certain scenarios is the way that you take your cash game to the next level. So make sure that as it's Tuesday, we're going to give you later our salary standouts. Have a cash pool. If it's a spreadsheet, notebook, whatever it is, write those players out there. But don't get stuck and say, this is the only player I have to play them. I usually, I don't know, this is a, you know, off the cuff. I think I usually have maybe two players that are must lock. I'm not changing. Last week, really the only ones were Ramondre and Josh Allen. And then Diggs pretty much ended there by Friday. But other than that... Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Eno, we got the information on Thursday. But usually there's only about two guys, three guys that I would say are locks in my lineup. You need to be able to be fluid over the weekend. So let's talk about week six. I mean, we'll call this one week seven, though, because last week (laughs) was week six. State of the main slate. It's funny because I'm editing articles on the site that are all about recapping week six but we're going to week seven and you know what who cares it's our show we can do whatever we want let's talk about the week seven main slate reminder each week we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbooks line it's where bets and myself play you can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com and I'm not gonna take a victory lap yeah you are I will I will <laughs> say that this bet is looking pretty good it's the Cardinals under where I I picked the Cardinals to win. I think you did too this past week, but that under nine and a half wins is looking pretty good on the year. You're feeling the same way? Yeah. I'm scared to say anything super negative because our bosses could hear this and fire us, but the Cardinals look awful. They look so bad right now. And trading for Robbie Anderson to replace Hollywood Brown probably won't help um, at all. So yeah, it looks looks like the under is obviously going to hit. Um, that closed too at eight and a half. You bet it at nine and a half as I did. So that looks really good. I will say for me, just checking in with one that I made, not necessarily on a team, but we talked about it last week on the show, the Najee under his rushing and receiving again, continues to just not be efficient. And we have an under on his total yards for rushing on the season. That looks incredible. If you're with us for the player props for season long. So that one looks like it should cash barring in, you know, crazy turnaround for Najee's efficiency. This week, we only have 11 games on the main slate. Some teams on by. You probably heard it everywhere, but Bills, Eagles, Rams, Vikings. The crazy thing is the wide receivers, right? Steph Diggs, Justin Jefferson, uh, A.J. Brown. We also have Tyreek and Waddle off this slate. So 
I think this week is going to be interesting about how people build because paying up for wide receiver is usually something we say in GPPs to get different, but there's a couple plays that are super obvious to me when we get to the salary standouts. It's just going to be a different slate. So only 11 games. We do have more in the afternoon window that I think will be enticing. And overall, I think this slate is just a better one than it was last week where really only two games stood out. So give us the 50 plus total games. Well, you said games. There is one. (laughs) There are not multiple. There is one and it is hanging on by a thread. It is the Seahawks at the Chargers. Total is currently sitting at 51. The Chargers favored by six and a half, which feels fishy after last night. It opened at seven. It's been bet a little bit in the Seahawks favor to six and a half. And then also this one has been bet down two and a half points already. So this slate, you said it looks better. I I love these slates because I think they're more challenging for DFS players to play. It's not as obvious who to play because you can just look at the games and say, oh, 50 plus total, just go there. This one, you know, I think this is going to be a super low scoring slate when you talk about who's off the main slate with the quarterbacks and the stacking partners and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and all those guys. This game could close at 49 and a half. Or, we could have zero games over 50 on this slate. It's It's kind of wild to think about. These are my favorite kind of slates for GPP because what is the second or third best game on this slate? I think that you could have a different argument from almost anybody out there. Like I think I could pick two or three different games and say, oh, this could be it. So by the time you and I talk later on in the week, I'm going to be looking at where our roster percentages are at. And if I'm stacking certain games, which one's coming in way lower and which one has value in terms of what their salaries actually are on DraftKings and Fandle. So I like this slate. I, I think it works really well for our strengths. Give me the teams with the five highest team implied totals. And what's also interesting is that this slate has a lot of heavy favorites. Yeah, all five of these teams that I'm going to mention are, they're playing at home and they're home favorites by at least six points. So basically a touchdown or more. So it's a really interesting slate when you think about maybe just onslaught stacking, Um, and kind of how that looks from a roster construction standpoint. But those five teams are the Chargers at the top, 28.75. The Cowboys, 27.5. I have some questions about that. The Bengals at 26.75. The Ravens at 26.5. And then the Raiders coming out of the bye week at 26.25. Those are interesting teams, but they're also teams we haven't really talked about. Like Like the Chargers has been a minute. The Cowboys have been a team that we mostly stayed away from fully stacking because of Cooper Rush. And the Bengals finally got their mojo back last week uh, with a you know pretty nice win, come from behind against the Saints. So, yes, definitely the teams that we're not used to. Like, there's no Bills, there's no Eagles, there's no Cardinals. Those are the teams that we've been talking about, so it should be different. Which game do you think is going to be the most popular this week? Yeah, I'm going with one that wasn't even listed in that, you know, five teams or even in the top, you know, game total. I'm going with KC and San Francisco. And I think when people look at the slate, they're going to see Kansas City and they're going to realize that they've been giving up a ton of production on the defense side of the football. And you look at what the Niners just did last week. They had to come from behind against Atlanta. So their numbers look really good with Jimmy G's passing. I know he was uh, one of the streaming candidates this week on the main show. Um, and it's got a lot of star power. You know, you've got Travis Kelsey, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Debo and IU who just went off. So there's ways that you can stack that game up for sure. And when you look at kind of, again, quarterbacks that can separate on the slate, the list shrinks really quickly. It's like Lamar at the top. And then maybe Mahomes is like tier two because he doesn't run the football as much. But outside of those guys, you know, it's kind of a middling group of pocket passers. So, um, 
I, I think that one's gonna be popular. I'm not sure I'll handle it yet if that's the case, but I think there's definitely options there for sure. Yeah, I like that game. Jimmy G was serviceable last week. Kansas City's allowed 15 passing touchdowns and has one INT. So the, the ratio is great. I love Debo. I, I can't wait to talk about Debo later because of what he is as a hybrid wide receiver, you know, wide back. So I, I, I think that's going to be a really fun game. It's in the same afternoon window as Seattle and uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers. So I think it's going to be between those two games. You could make an argument about Detroit and Dallas because people still think Detroit is just printing, uh, you know, fantasy points. But that game could be really slow, and it's been bet down, right? Uh, that one hasn't bet down yet. Half point. I I could see that game being super slow. You know, we'll still have to see. Dak's supposed to be able to start, but Detroit is not an automatic anymore. I I don't think people can just say let's chase Detroit games. They're going to be high scoring. I think that one's not going to be as great. But Seattle and Los Angeles, I think, is going to be a great one. Give me the sneakiest game on the slate. I actually put down that Detroit and Dallas game, and the reason How that dare I put, you? I know, I know. The reason that I put it is because no one really knows what this game is going to be, which is why I want to lean into it if the field is not. I don't know if they are. If the field's playing it, then maybe we go the opposite. But I was writing it up in the Vegas report on the site, and I kind of just said, like, the betting lines suggest Dak Prescott is 100%. I have no idea if he's 100%. No one knows if he's 100%. But they're favored by a full touchdown. Their team total is one of the highest on the slate. And it's got a decent total relative to other games in the slate. So the Vegas markets are assuming Dak Prescott is good to go. If that's the case... This Lions defense is god-awful. If he is 100%, CeeDee Lamb's ceiling is much higher. The running back ceiling is much higher, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then we've seen Jared Goff, when he is pushed, he has to just keep going, keep going, and throw. It's in a dome, indoors. You know, coming out of the bye week, Amon Ra is back, presumably. DeAndre Swift is back, assuming that as, as well. And if that's the case, there's a lot of ways that I think this game can get there. That said, if Dak is not 100%, as you've seen with many quarterbacks coming off the thumb issue... Russell Wilson last year, you know, these offenses can sputter. So it's a game that I don't have a great lean on. I think I'm going to do the opposite of whatever the field does. That's probably a good way to look at it then, is what you're saying is I don't know how people are going to respond because we haven't played DeAndre Swift in three weeks. You know, Amon Ra, when he returned from injury, you know, was barely played and then just went on the bye. So I, don't, I almost don't know what the field is going to do about those players because before – that's who everybody was playing the first couple weeks of the season. So that's a good thing to notice in our roster percentage report. How are people responding? And then you can kind of flip and go the opposite route, especially in tournaments. I'm going to say Houston and Las Vegas because there's room on the Texans side. Yeah, I'm going to start with the Texans where they can actually provide value against a Raiders defense that is the worst against fantasy quarterbacks and the worst against wide receivers. So I just think... And maybe this maybe this is a contrarian take. I think that there's some value where you can have some mini correlation. I know Josh Jacobs is going to be super popular. He's going to project super well. And if Devontae Adams plays, which all the legal stuff says it's going to be pushed till later, I want a piece of this game. I think it's... You know well, the thing is, too, on the slate, like you got to just rethink the slate compared to what you're used to. We're used to having three to five games that are like 48 plus that you can pick and choose from. There's not a lot on the slate. So when you rethink the context of it, there's a few games down below that I have zero interest in stacking. So you quickly go from like an 11 game slate to, you know, a nine gamer or like a 10 gamer, maybe of like games that you can actually go to. So 
in the middle zone there, I don't think it's crazy. Both defenses are just terrible, and that's kind of what you need. Offenses that can be capable against two terrible defenses, and that's what we have here on paper. So I think it's possible this this one gets there. The Devontae Adams situation is clearly one that needs to be monitored, um, but I'm with you. Josh Jacobs looks like one of the best plays on the slate early in the week. I love the positioning of this game in the afternoon. So it's with that Kansas City and San Francisco game. It's with the Seattle, Los Angeles. Like It's going to be buried in roster percentage apart from Josh Jacobs. People are not going to play. I can see him playing Brandon Cooks because he always projects well, and he's really boring and basically a 6K forever. But there's other pieces that I think you could look at. So that's my favorite one uh, to be sneaky on. Which game do you want to be underweight on? Yeah, one of the games that I'm just crossing off the list early in the week outside of maybe Brees Hall is the Jets and the Broncos. And, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what's happening in Denver. They are god-awful and inept on all the offensive side of the football. And now their quarterback, who has been terrible, has a hamstring injury on top of his shoulder issue. So, you know, Denver has just been so bad. They've been under their team total in every game but one so far this year. And on the Jets' side of the ball, what they were when the in the first three weeks with Joe Flacco under center was actually a lot of upside and passing. They have completely morphed with Zach Wilson under center, and you can't really fault them because they're winning. So, like, why would they change? And they've been below league average in pace and you know pass rate in three straight games. So, if they want to run the football and play slow, and Denver can't do anything, and Denver's defense is elite, how does it get there? And how is their upside? I just don't see it. So, for me, no interest in Jets and Broncos. Yeah, it's tempting because you have players like Brees Hall in this matchup. You have Cortland Sutton, but. I just can't see that game hitting, you know, over 45. It's just not something you want to look at. So I'm going to stay in a vein where I didn't think I'd be, but Green Bay is a team that I just want to avoid. Other than Alan Lazard, you haven't been able to bank on anyone at all. Uh, you can't figure out their running game. And this week they play Washington on the road. Both of these teams rank bottom four in situ- situation neutral pace. And we're getting Taylor Heineke, which – Taylor Heineke's a wild card. He's kind of a fun player for fantasy, and his splits with Terry McLaurin, your boy, are actually pretty good compared to hey what now. Carson Wentz has done. We're so back. can I talk can I talk you into Terry McLaurin this week? Uh probably not. Because this team loves Brian Robinson. And if they can feed him 20 touches against Green Bay that ranks bottom five in DVOA rush defense, they're going to do it. So yeah, I mean Taylor Heineke is kind of one of those, like you said, he's a wild card. He can throw for 300, or he could throw for 115 yards, and no one should be surprised by either. Last year, he averaged 220 passing yards in his starts and 1.3 touchdowns. So, no thanks. That's what it's going to be established with Brian Robinson, who's actually a fine price. I don't wouldn't mind him, especially on Fanduel, where you know he's going to get the rock. But this game just projects to be super slow, so I don't want any part of it. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we got a couple more categories here before we get into our salary standouts. And I just realized, once again, that I am staring at a man that's sporting a goatee. Yes, sir. It's my uh, Phillies playoff goatee. You know, some people just grow out their hair. Have you ever done that? Actually, yes. There are some embarrassing photos that exist from approximately 7th <laughs> to ninth grade of me with long, long hair, like kind of the Bieber across the front. Yeah. Type of hair. Yeah, yeah. I had that when I was in middle school. So that was that was the time. So it's it's out there on the dark webs is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Now, it's been a while, but a year ago, you remember you were staring back at someone that had these long, luscious locks. What happened? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I some days I, I look back at that and say that were, were those the glory years? I was thirty four years old. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I've been going downhill since since fourth grade, but I do miss the long hair. All right, let's go back to this. Uh, Which team on the week seven slate are you most confident hits their over? I'm going to take the Ravens. I think this is a good bounce back spot. They obviously kind of fell towards the end of the game last week against the Giants. Hey, now watch out the Giants. Um, But they're going up against Cleveland this week. And Cleveland just made Bailey Zappi look like an MVP candidate under center. It was so bad. Cleveland's defense has been atrocious. They currently rank. 31st in DVOA, 30th in EPA per play, 28th in yards per play, and 26th in play success rate allowed. The Ravens have been good. They just need Rashad Bateman back to open it up for Lamar Jackson. So I'll be going to the Ravens for sure this week. I think they're a good play. I'm in love with the Bengals this week. I know, I know they're playing the Falcons, so it's easy for me to hate against my team who, Falcons are what, 6-0 and against the spread? Yeah, and 3-3. Three and three. I just... Jay, did you see what Jason put out about the Falcons? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. He was just asking Falcons fans how they honestly feel. And it was interesting. Like, it, I'm allowed to say, hey, I feel kind of disappointed in our team because ending the year at 6-11 and 11 is not going to help us. Because that's, that's what it feels like it's trending towards. It's not going to help us long term. Right, yeah. I mean, there's you don't want to be in the middle in the NFL. If you're in the middle, there's no hope, basically. And I'm not saying like people think tanking means you just give up. Like they're not giving up. So I respect that they're winning. I respect their winning culture. I don't love the way we're winning because I don't think that long term it's going to work. And it is working. And so I think Arthur Smith feels justified. So all of that to say, I think the Bengals are going to smash at home against the Falcons. Their pass rate is on the rise. We'll talk about Joe Burrow in a second. But over the last four weeks, what if I told you that the Bengals rank number one in neutral pass rate. I love it. I love it. Finally, we're seeing this offense unleashed. And I think T. Higgins is going to be more healthy this week as well. So that's good news for Joe Burrow on top. Well, that just means all of our listeners are going to ask us, why do you guys keep talking about T. Higgins? Jamar Chase just had a huge week. We'll be talking about T. Higgins again this week. But I, I like Cincinnati. I think they'll take care of business. And I love their player. Like Burrow, Chase is expensive, but I think Mixon is fairly priced. I think there's some good value to have with the Bengals. Which team are you most confident hits their under this week? The 2022 Denver Broncos are the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars. 
They have been hitting the under every week except for one. 15.2 points per game is dead last. 31st in play success rate. 31st in drive success rate. 28th in EPA per play. You can pick any stat you want to just show how bad they've been. I'm going to go under. They keep putting their team total at like 22.5, 23.5. That's too high for this offense, especially with Russell Wilson dealing with two injuries. Give me the under. I'm worried a bit about the Buccaneers. I know that it's the Panthers. I understand that they're huge favorites. What if I told you the Buccaneers have only hit their team implied total once this year? Yeah, that's sad. That's really sad, actually, because those two teams we're talking about, yep, we have those quarterbacks in our big dog squad, so <laughs> enjoy, oh, enjoy, underdog. Enjoy our donation to your company because we're not going to win anything this year. The Buccaneers are like 10-point road favorites, and I get the Panthers are, are a train wreck, but it worries me about a team that we think is going to put up 30-plus points when they're just not as efficient. So I guess I was burned, and I want to maybe open this up to a bigger conversation. Onslaught builds last week, and teams that we thought were just going to roll, like the 49ers, we were like, okay, they're going to beat the Falcons. The Buccaneers, they're just going to roll over the Steelers. Those didn't work out so well. So knowing that we have teams like that that are like touchdown or more favorites this week, are you interested in some of those teams like the Buccaneers? Would you be interested in double stacking Brady this week? I mean, on a longer sample size, we know that this offense, I think, wants to throw and throw at a high rate in every situation that they can. But that's what we said last week. And everyone knew the Steelers had all their starters out in the secondary and they still decided to go with the run heavy scheme. Clearly, it bit him in the butt. They lost, so maybe Brady kind of lights, you know, gets that fire back and says, "We're throwing on every play. I'm taking over." And if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, you have a lot of interest in that. But the issue with that is that, you know, Goblin's price went up. I think Evans is either the same or he went up a little bit. So you're not really getting a nice discount off of a bad week. And you know, Carolina specifically, as we saw with the Rams, they're going to do anything anything they can to hide their quarterback, whoever is under center, whether it's Sam Darnold or. Jacob Eason, who's attempted 10 passes in his entire NFL career. It just screams ugly, you know, like 21 to 7 or 21 to 3 type of game where they don't have to be pushed in the fourth quarter. So I think it is a slate where you can do that for sure, if that's your philosophy. But like you said, there's more outs, I think, to this team, specifically the Bucks, than most people think. Yeah, the Panthers having a team implied total of 15 is not helpful at all no. for, for pushing it. So you really need the Buccaneers to put up 30 plus points and Brady to get there really quickly. So that's a team that I, you can take a piece. I think Fournette's going to project well, but I, I could see myself taking their under this week. It just doesn't feel as good. All right, let's talk about our salary standouts. Salary standouts. It's Tuesday, so we'll talk about the players that stand out to us in DraftKings and FanDuel. Realize that there will be value that opens up on the slate. Right now, we don't have any major running back news that we're saying this player you can plug and play in your lineup for the main slate, but that should change um, as simple as we don't, I don't know, maybe you're more plugged in about injury stuff than me. What do we know about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I mean, he was close last week is what I was kind of seeing, but just wasn't feeling like he was quite there. So I assume he's back this week, but even so, like just caution people, you know, the offseason study I did with high ankle sprain showed that running backs in their first game back almost all of them that return in three weeks or less don't hit their season-long average in their first game back not saying he can't because he's jonathan taylor and he's incredible but if you're looking at the data it just says there's probably a little more downside this week until he's fully back to 100 
So we'll wait on some of these because we know that value always opens up. So last week we mentioned Eno Benjamin, but it wasn't until later on the week that we knew like, okay, this is somebody you can play confidently at 4,600. At quarterback this week, we can't talk about Josh Allen and we can't talk about Jalen Hurts. So I guess we have to talk about the third person in that trio. Lamar, we're back. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is at 8K. He's priced up as the quarterback one. Uh, you know, the matchup's just incredible against Cleveland. They've been giving it up to everyone. And depending on what the slate looks like, if we do get value elsewhere in our lineup, then Lamar as a spend-up option looks pretty good, especially when you consider, you know, context on the slate. There's not really any other quarterback that can separate with his legs the way Lamar can. I want to see if Rashad Bateman is back. That will give me even more confidence in Lamar. And if that's the case, I think he's a priority play in cash games. Lamar's second half the last three weeks with Bateman out have not been good. Like that, that's been the bugaboo where they just haven't been scoring at all. He's been committing a lot of turnovers. Second half this year, he has a 57% completion rate. If you knew you were getting that from Lamar Jackson, you would be worried about a ceiling, but he's still running the ball, still what we want. So yes, right now, Lamar Jackson is our top quarterback play at 8K. I think he's a great one. I like Joe Burrow. If they're going to continue to pass the way that they are, pass rate over expectation, 6.9 against Atlanta feels like a pretty solid price. I think he should be in the 7K range, especially after what he did this past week. Any any thoughts on Burrow? Yeah, I mean, if they are going to keep up with their pass-heavy approach against Atlanta, it makes a lot of sense. My only worry is just that we've seen Atlanta try to just suck the wind out of every single game and run the football as much as humanly possible, which you know, can just take away the overall play volume and just drain the clock. So I have some issues about like overall game stacking in this situation. But I think from a cash game perspective, from a median outcome and projection standpoint, Burrow at below 7,000 is going to project pretty well against Atlanta. On FanDuel, I'll give you a couple other names. Uh, we mentioned Jimmy G against Kansas City. I think that's interesting from a tournament perspective. Geno Smith is down there at 6,800. He let everyone down this past week. And takes the Chargers, takes on the Chargers this week, who've allowed the fourth most passing touchdowns. What are they doing with JC Jackson? They benched him last night. They paid a ton of money, and he's been a colossal bust. So, like, the Chargers secondary was one going into this year, like, oh, you don't want to throw on them. I don't mind any matchup against them, especially in the highest over under. Yeah, he's also coming off the ankle surgery, too, from this past uh, offseason like later in the in training camp. So yeah, it hasn't been great for them. They definitely have been a team you can pick on. You know, Russell Wilson in the first quarter looked like he was finally back on track against this terrible secondary. So yeah, you can definitely move the ball on the Chargers for sure, which is why I think that game is still sitting with a pretty high total. So yeah, Gino, if everyone is just willing to throw last week, you know, as the end-all be-all of what this team is, it was just two weeks ago we were talking about them as one of the best offenses in football. So I'm happy to go back to it. Yeah, it's 6800 on FanDuel. I feel like that's a bit underpriced. Um, can I just throw this out just for for kicks for for the for this person's mother out there? Sure. Davis Mills is 5k. The that general. Is that is hilarious. That if you scroll on there and you look cuz he's got a great matchup against the Raiders and we'll talk about some of their other pieces, but just like buried behind other quarterbacks that are not going to be starting a game in the app. So, just wanted to mention Davis. Mike mentioned him today as a streamer. You have that, do you have those underpants? Yeah, I was going to say, you better get those steel underpants on. Uh, yeah, it's... What's funny is he shows up as a good points per dollar projection because he's so low. And we're not saying play him, we're just saying that is really low. At running back this week, 
There's a couple of studs we really like. There's some other players that project as really easy chalk on the slate. So I'm just going to first say Josh Jacobs. I think he's going to be the most popular running back on the slate. Yeah, and for good reason, right? I mean, 6,500. He's the RB11 in pricing. He's just been unreal over the last month. And if, you know, not to be uh, too much of a football guy, but if you watch the games, he looks incredible. Averaging 24.3 touches per game over his last four. Coming out of the bye week, presumably more fresh. Against a Houston team that you just pick on every week with your running backs most like most weeks. So yeah, it's it's a great spot. I think he's the early plug and play priority cash game option this week. Josh Jacobs is one of those players when I think about those offseason episodes you and I do where we project offenses and volume and all this other stuff where he's one of those players that's like, okay, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. They brought in Brandon Bolden, a pass catching specialist. They have a new coaching staff. They have no loyalty to him. This is a New England system and it just none of it mattered at all nope major regrets for me i have like three shares of him in best ball i just pass them every time and that looks horrible in hindsight what's funny is that after week two i regrettably traded for him in my main home league i was just like oh okay i need a running back i'll get josh jacobs <laughs> now Look he's my now. rb1 i feel like this <laughs> is such a smart man all right so josh jacobs what we think is going to be chalk i would say kenneth walker is going to come in pretty close behind him at 5,600 against the Chargers. Uh, he made me look stupid last week because I didn't think he would be as involved in the passing game, and he was. So um, I think Kenneth Walker is a fine play at 5,600, uh, but we kind of like Eckler as well on the other side. So I'm assuming you won't be playing two running backs in the same game. Probably not. I mean, th- this one's a little tricky because Eckler you know 60 percent of his value or whatever comes from the receiving game like 16 targets last night on Monday Night football just ridiculous and i wrote about this too like in the vegas report i said this game looks good from a on paper standpoint but the chargers offense is just so low upside right now like justin herbert who we all think has one of the strongest arms in football can push the ball down the field he's 29th and averaged up the target that is just terrible and it's great for austin eckler's fantasy outlook because he's got catching a ton of balls but there's no downfield explosiveness from this team so yeah i think eckler can play in the right scenario even with ken walker because like in ken walker's big games he's ripping off long plays you know seattle assuming that is the case having success and so then the Chargers are throwing to kind of keep up and that helps eckler so this situation i think it's okay um, I put him down as a cash option. Seattle's just terrible against pass catching backs. The you know slate context matters, right? If we get a lot of value to open up, then you can go up to Eckler. But right now, I don't think you necessarily need to, just given that we have Jacobs at six point five, Walker at five point six. Those kind of names, you know, saving money is is definitely viable. Saquon, another solid option in seventy nine hundred. It's a great matchup against the Jaguars. Last week, Deion Jackson had ten receptions against them. Jaguars have allowed the second most running back receptions. He's pretty much game script proof, and he won't bust. So uh, Saquon's great. Joe Mixon at 7K feels pretty low uh, with his type of volume. 22.7 opportunities per game. The Falcons have allowed a first down on over 30% of their opponent's rushing attempts. So 30% of the time, they get a first down. First down, that's second highest in the league. So I like Joe Mixon as another expensive option. Uh, Any other names you want to throw out this week? Uh, those are the ones that I definitely like the most. I'll point out too on FanDuel, I actually like Joe Mixon quite a bit. He's buried in pricing relative to DraftKings. Just 7.4 over there is really, really strong. So I like that. But no, those are definitely my top ones this week, early in the week. On FanDuel, I'll also mention Ezekiel Elliott, 6,900 against those Lions we've been picking on. And then 
That's Ooh. right. Big big fan of Zeke over here, apparently, which uh, is not allowed because we're Eagles household. Brian Robinson, we mentioned, he was the lone bright spot of pretty much the most poo-poo platter of a game you'll ever see on Thursday night this past week. But Packers defense, we mentioned, dead last in rush DVOA. He's going to get the ball. They're going to establish it. That's the Ron Rivera way. Wide receiver this week. I see some names on this list. Did you just copy and paste them for the last two weeks? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. We're going back to Godwin this week, or at least I want to. Um, he's back. He's over the hamstring and ACL recovery based off his role, as we saw last week. 89% of the snaps, 93% of the routes, 12 targets for a 31% share. Only, quote unquote, only six catches, 95 yards. He left a lot on the field. And so if Brady can regress back to kind of the average of what he's been over the last several years, which is incredible, then that means better things for Mike Evans and Chris Goblin. But I, I lean Goblin, just the price. He's cheaper. 6.3K feels like a nice cash player early in the week. Yeah, emotionally speaking, I lean towards Godwin as well after Mike decided to break my heart this past week. I'll throw out a couple of players in the middle tier that I really like. Amari Cooper, 6,100 against the Ravens, defense that we've been picking on a lot. He's more of a GPP play. He's been a Jackal or Hyde situation where he's like back and forth, back and forth, but he's the clear target leader of that offense. I think he's fine. Alec Pierce is one of the cheaper names, I think, people will go after this week at 4600 there's a $2,800 price gap between him and Pity City but in terms of targets per route run it's just not that big of a difference uh Tennessee's allowing the they rank 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points have you gotten to play around with that on the website yet oh it's fantastic I love it that and the waiver wire rankings are just they're great I know we're, we're company men here but Jason that's kind of like one of his his babies his his spreadsheet babies is this uh, schedule-adjusted rank, and that's been really helpful to give people just another metric to look at than fantasy points. But yes, uh, Alec Pierce, I think, is in a good spot. Can I talk you into Debo this week? Oh, brother. Are we talking about the defense that is dead last in DVOA to opposing wide receiver ones? Kansas City Chiefs? The defense that just got destroyed by Steph Diggs, Devonta Adams, Pity City, you name it, they have been given it up. I love Debo this week. Talk to me. On FanDuel, he's in my lineup right now, 7,700. Kansas City's also allowing the most running back receptions in the NFL. So I don't care where you line this guy up. I think he's in a great spot and still undervalued. It's like they're not moving his price, but this is a game environment we want to attack. So would you play Debo in cash? Uh, I know it's I don't Tuesday. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... On FanDuel, I always like him better because he projects for kind of those long plays and touchdowns, whereas he's not necessarily right. going to be a Steph Diggs that can go out for 10 catches and over 100 yards and pay it off just that way without a touchdown. So my lean is like, yes, on FanDuel, maybe not quite as much on DraftKings. I don't know. I have to look at it, though, as the week goes on. CeeDee Lamb, another player that I think projects really well. He's the only wide receiver in football to see eight-plus targets in every single game. He's at 6,800 on DraftKings, and he plays the Lions. Uh if you knew that Devontae Adams was playing this week, he's cheaper on FanDuel at 8,600. Would you would you say that he's a lock for your lineup? On FanDuel, I think he probably would be, yeah. 10.8 targets per game. His air yard share, I looked this up, 42%. It's like you're getting volume and down the field plays, and you saw that on Monday Night Football two weeks ago. Hunter Renfro is really cheap. If for some reason Adams was out, I would be interested in that. 
those are the main guys. I think some of the cheaper options this week, if you wanted to look at it, like you could talk me into Zay Jones. Uh, I don't know. There's not as much value early on in the week. I think this is one of those weeks where I'm going to be taking a couple of players in those middle range, and I feel like that sits well with our budgets. Yeah, and in that middle range too, like we didn't even mention Tyler Lockett. I know it was a really bad week last week. Same for DK Metcalf. The entire team just kind of fell on their face. Um, but he's still kind of in that 5.8 price range. He hasn't really changed much. We just talked about the Chargers secondary being pretty vulnerable. So that makes a lot of sense. And then also throughout Romeo Dobbs, 5K. Washington is a secondary we've picked on all year. You know, we don't like the game environment. Doesn't mean one or two of these guys can't pay off their tag. And at just 5K, you know, he's seen eight plus targets in three of the four weeks. Rendell Cobb is going to miss this this game. Um, Sammy Watkins, as of now, is still on IR. He's eligible this week, but we'll see. So if if both those guys are out, Christian Watson still hasn't earned a role. Like he's going to be out there every play, and he can earn eight to ten targets in this game. Yeah, Lazard's a better value on Fanduel. He's at sixty six hundred. So I think one of those two are definitely in play in that game. At tight end, as of this recording, I have Mark Andrews in my lineup, 7,400. We mention every week the same thing. Dude is a wide receiver, 33% target share, 105 air yards per game, and over 20 DraftKings points per game. I'm locking that in at that price right now because I don't have a punt play I'm in love with. Yeah, the cheap options this week, there's not a ton. I mean, you can go to KDOT and I guess at 2.7 against Carolina. You know, Cam Bray, I think, is going to miss this game. The neck issue and the concussion, um, it's his second one in less than a month. So that's always a little bit of a worry for a lengthy absence. So if Kate Otten's the dude, you know, you can punt it off if you prefer to build that way. Also throw out Gerald Everett at 4K against Seattle. Seattle's just giving it up to everyone. We saw Zach Ertz last week go off as well. So if Keenan Allen still continues to miss, then Gerald Everett at 4K against Seattle looks okay. I wish he was a little cheaper. Like, uh, he used to be kind of in that, like, 3,400 range where... You were fine if you got six points, but 4K is, is definitely creeping up there. We do have Kelsey on this slate as well, so that's going to be a decision point where you have to look at the slate and say, based on the context, am I going to get buried by Andrews? Am I going to get buried by Kelsey this week? So think about that. I'll throw out on FanDuel if you want to punt play. Daniel Bellinger is more and more involved at 5,100. He's somebody that at least has enough routes that if you want to save there, you can, but Later on in the week, we'll figure out if we have a punt play to work with. I'm probably doing Andrews. That's just that's just where I'm at early in the week. At defense, the commanders look like an early favorite to be the chalk defense this week because they're cheap. I feel like that's the strategy this year. Like, who's cheap? That's it. And you just pick. Well, and the trends in the NFL, too, lead that way, right? Like, we know historically salary and, like, fantasy projection doesn't always correlate or doesn't correlate rather with actual performance so it's like you might as well just spend down but also in the nfl unders are hitting at an insane rate there's so many fewer touchdowns than there were the last two seasons so it makes zero sense to spend four thousand on a defense when you can save 1500 bucks and just punt it off and get yourself six points yeah you like last week you know you played the panthers you got nine points and yeah there were other defenses that scored better but at the end of the day, it's like it's you saved a ton. The Falcons were a defense that people played that, you know, did awesome for some reason. I don't know why against the 49ers. So the Commanders look like an early favorite. I can't blame anyone for looking at the Giants. They're 5-1. and one. I can't understand the fact that they are three-point dogs to the Jaguars. That line didn't make a ton of sense to me. I'd put that more like at 1.5. Oh, it's 3.5 now. I don't understand that. Explain no that to respect, me. No respect, man. No respect. 
I mean, like if you go back to your priors, which not just our priors, because I had the over on their team total, but the market's prior was six and a half wins. So they're already well over uh, overperforming their expectations. So I kind of understand that. But yeah, no respect for the Giants, man. What are you going to do? I mean, it's, it'd be different if it was a different team. It's the Jaguars. This is the most volatile team there is in the NFL that like week to week, we have no idea what they're doing. So I don't know. I put it more like minus one and a half. I get they're on the road, but uh, I think the Giants are a solid option. They came up with some big turnovers, right, against Lamar in that uh, last quarter. Yep. Um, on FanDuel, there's some punt plays. If you want to do Cleveland, if you want to do Seattle, if you think Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense isn't great. And then... The Packers are a tease on defense. They have all the tools and all the players that would tell you you want to play them. And this week, they have Taylor Heineke, who is a very volatile player, turnover you know, prone all the time. But I feel like the Packers are one of those teams, like, let's say you paid up for them, they'll get you three points. Dude, it's been brutal. Like, So in my league with my high school buddies, I picked up the Packers D like three weeks ago because I looked at their schedule. I was like, oh, here we go, baby. This is going to be so easy. Plug and play. Don't even worry about it. And they've been atrocious. So, yeah, I mean, the entire team is just not performing right now. So, punt it off at defense, like we always say. And then in tournaments, if you want to get weird, congratulations. Like Betts was saying, the DraftKings and the FanDuel salaries do not correlate well to actual fantasy production, unlike other positions. Like, we can say at running back, or we can say a wide receiver, or definitely quarterback at the high end, that this does correlate very well. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com, play in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, plus bets. Join the league, enter a contest, and I'm going to, once again, put out the Thursday night extravaganza contest between the Saints and the Cardinals. I was at my son's flag football practice last night, and I got asked by three or four people, oh, so you're going to the game, right? I mean, you work for a football company. You're obviously going to the game. And I was obviously. like, I, I, don't, no, I don't care about the Cardinals at all. I care about Chris Olave in that game, but yeah, not a big Robbie Anderson guy this week, huh? Dude, I weigh more than Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Probably. No, no, oh, not not a, not a big fan of Robbie Anderson. Not a big fan of that move. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, you can play in that contest with us. It's a great chance to invite your friends. It will be a grand old time. Betsy, it's Tuesday. Sign us off. It is Tuesday. We have a lot of content coming out over the next three to four days in DFS Pass. Make sure you check it out. There will be some content for Thursday Night Football's matchup. And then we're back on Friday. Preview the main slate. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.